0: Alright guys, if you guys would like to turn to 1 Peter chapter 3... Uh, we're going to work our way verse by verse through there. We're going to co- conclude this first section of uh, First Peter today, dealing with grace and submission. Uh, the second section began in chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through el- 11, and we'll continue on till the end of today's uh, verse in uh, chapter 3, verse 12. So let's face it, guys, if there's any area that we need God's grace in... Obviously, I think it's the area of submission. And, and uh, that's the hot topic for today, right? Being submissive really goes against our nature. You know, we want to be in charge. We want to be in control. But you see, a life that is fully submissive uh, is only accomplished by God's grace. And if one thing that we need in our lives is to listen and to obey, right I, I teach my kids, you teach your kids to obey your words, right You want them to listen uh, to everything that you 're saying, and so does the lord and why because well it 's going to lead uh, well what is the passage I think it 's proverbs um, they 're going to have long life right if they if they listen and they honor their parents and they obey so fearing the Lord also uh, has been in the context of First Peter, if you guys remember. Um, he's been mentioning the fear of the Lord here and there, and I think it's very important not to neglect that part. And and uh, God wants not only to teach us to obey and to listen to his voice, but he also wants to teach us to fear him and to walk in his ways and, and really spending that quality time with the lord and i'm talking quality time i'm not talking just you know i read my chapter okay i'm all done i read my devotion i'm out of here it's spending time with the lord talking to the lord lord what is this talking about or you know just just spending that those moments with the lord and really that develops that uh, fear before the lord that that all that respect and that reverence before the lord and now all of a sudden we're going to want to uh, please the Lord by submitting to the Lord, by submitting to the government, by submitting to the authorities, by uh, the wives submitting to their husbands and the husbands submitting to their wives as well. And so far, Peter's encouraged us in three areas to submit to the Spirit, to submit to the authorities, and su- to submit to our, our bosses, basically. And, and today in this final section, Peter encourages us in two more areas to submit in. You guys ready for this? Yay! it's not always a good thing right i want to submit yay um let's just read first and then we'll go back over it again Uh, first peter chapter 3 verse 1 wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives When they observe your chaste conduct, accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. And finally, all of you, be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender hearted, be courteous, not reviling evil for evil or revile, uh, or uh, returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing for, and he quotes Psalm 34, he who loves love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Amen. You guys ready for this? This is great. so now in this, the, these, uh, what, 12 verses right here, Peter's gonna conclude, uh, really this section dealing with submission. That word submission, uh, right? It's a compound word, so hupo, uh, meaning under, and tasso meaning to set or to arrange. And, um, Peter encourages us to submit in two areas. And, uh, he encourages us to submit in marriage, and that's going to be in verses 1 through 7. And then he's also going to encourage us to submit to one another, and that's in verses 8 to 12. That's what we're going to go over today. And so let's look at this. He encourages us to submit in marriage. And Peter deals with both husband and wife, by the way. Uh, the outline is simple. First, he deals with uh, the wife in verses 1 to 6. And then he's going to deal with the husband in verse 7. So, let's deal with the wife. Verse 1. Wives, likewise, be submissive. Means This word means uh, um, equality. It means, uh, or the same manner as. So, that obviously refers it back to the previous section uh, in dealing with the context of submission, right? So look look back in chapter 2, verse 13. It says, therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man uh, for the Lord's sake. And then in verse 18 of chapter 2, notice it says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. And, And that's the fear before the Lord. And likewise, wives you as well are to submit to your husbands. And that links the responsibility of the husband directly uh, to the responsibility of the wife. So just as the wife is to be submissive, likewise the husband uh, as well is to be submissive as well. So let's look at four things that are involved in what does it mean to be submissive, right? What is what is this whole idea here for the wife in being submissive to her husband? Well, obviously there, there's many things throughout Scripture, uh, but right here in our passage, We have four things in that are specific. So, number one, being a submissive wife involves your husband. Notice in there in verse one, it says, Wives likewise be submissive to your husbands. I didn't hear an amen. Okay, that's fine. That's all right, girls. You can do this. It's going to be tough. I know. You guys are like, Why did I come to church today? It's good. Look at verse 5. Being submissive to their own husbands. Right? Did you guys catch that? Go back with me to Colossians 3. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. Sadly, there's there's many religions in the world today, many men in the world today, that say, Hey, uh, all... Wives should be submissive to all men. And, and girls, that's in the Greek, that means whatever, right? (laughs) That's all I was talking about. Men and women should both be submissive, yes, to the authorities, to the government. Uh, as as long as they're you know in line with the word of God, right? If they're uh, contrary or whatnot, we'll get to that later. But in the marriage relationship, your submission is to your husband only, right? Let's see what the Bible says. Colossians three, look at verse eighteen. It says, "Wives." Submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. So as long as it's biblical, you submit to him, right? Now turn to Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5. And once you guys get there, save it there for later. We'll come back to that a little later. Wives, you guys don't need to submit to any other man, only your husband, even uh, me, pa- if I come to you and I'm like, hey, do this, you don't have to obey me, that's legalism, right? You obey your husband, you submit to your husband. Obviously, there's a role that I play as well, an authority of just presenting scripture, you're free to do what you want, right? Um, but you submit to your husband. Notice in Ephesians 5, 22, um, and, and the reason, by the way, of submitting to your own husband is because there's order and there's hierarchy, and I'll, I'll get to that right now, but Ephesians 5, 22, it says, oh, and there's that right there, there you go, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body, and therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, and so let the wives be to their own husbands in some things, right, right? Oh, oh I'm sorry, in the things you feel like, right? Oh, no, no, in the things that, you know, bless your heart. That's where you should submit to him. What does it say? In everything. In everything we, you should submit to your husband, right? And why? Because, well, there's order, right? And, and that's involved. And Peter made it very clear. There is hierarchy as well. Uh, is, is Christ the head of the church? Is he in charge of the church? Yeah, of course he is, right? So too, in the marriage relationship, the husband is the lead role, right? He's the, he's the head of the wife. And he's in charge because there's order. And and now understand me on this. Well, there is hierarchy. There is also equality, right? So, because Paul said in Galatians three eighteen, um, he said uh, that there is neither male nor female, right? So there's no partiality in Christ. Christ loves us all uh, the same. So there's no uh, distinction in the eyes of the Lord. So there's there's equality. Right? So some people fail to understand that uh, hierarchy and equality are not mutually exclusive terms, but they can be used in the same sentence. And so because women is indeed, they're equal to man as well, right, in the marriage relationship. So um, then there is order, right? then there's there's the, the order of the hierarchy. And understand girls that as the wife, uh, there comes a point where you do not submit as well. Okay, hey, wait a minute. You just said submit in everything, right? Um, yes, in everything. But unless it's immoral, unbiblical, or illegal, uh, you you don't submit at all, right? If he says, "Honey, I want you to rob this bank," and you know we need some cash, we got to pay these bills. You say, no, right? You draw the line. That's, uh-uh, I don't think so. He says, honey, I want you to uh deny your faith in Jesus Christ, right? No, it's not going to happen. Now, what if he says, honey, honey, I don't want you to uh go to church. Well, that's okay. That, uh, you're like, wait, what? Right? You can't do that. No, that's okay, because what... There's plenty of believers that don't go to church, although you are commanded not to forsake the gathering of Christ. What if he says, you know, I don't want you to have a Bible in your house? Well, that's okay too. I know a lot of believers, a lot of you guys didn't bring Bibles today, but you love the Lord, right? And it's, you're like, no, who loved, who saw, right? But, uh, people in China, you know, they don't have Bibles, but they, they love the Lord with all their hearts and they're willing to die and give their lives to the Lord. And so it's a beautiful thing, but, uh, and by the way, you can have an app on your phone, right? So you can kind of cheat there, but, um, but it's okay. So, what if he wants you to work or not work or you, you guys get the point, right? Um, as long as it's not illegal, unbiblical, or immoral, uh, just follow it and listen. Wives, when you keep a heavenly perspective, all these things all of a sudden they don't matter anymore because you're looking to Christ, you're trusting in the Lord, and these things they're not just they're not a big deal anymore, right? Whatever it is, when you fear the Lord and you're looking to Christ and He's your all-in-all, all, you'll be okay with whatever your husband uh, has for you as long as it's well, obviously, like I said, it's not illegal, immoral, or unbiblical. So uh, keep that in mind as well. And here's the problem: oftentimes the the wife turns to the husband, uh, to, um, for the husband to please her, right? To fulfill her, to make her complete. And that's a big problem, right? He'll never satisfy you, right? Husbands, obviously we are to satisfy our wives, but wives can't look to their husbands to fulfill them, right? And you both need to look to the Lord to fill you guys up, to complete you because you, what's gonna happen if you look at each other? Right? You're not like me. You're not to my standard. Thus, the conflict, right? Right! How come you don't? You're not. You're just. Right? There's the tension because now your eyes are focused on them and it's not focused on Christ anymore. And and so thus, that's craziness there. So you need to look to Christ because he's the only one who can complete you. Amen? Amen. All right. Husbands, understand, by the way, Headship is not dictatorship, right? She's not your slave. You don't boss her around, right? She's your partner. She's your teammate. She's a reflection of who you are. And, and she's, she's there. For you and with you and to come alongside you and you as well to come alongside her and you're with her. So, uh, that, that's, that's not what being the head is, right? Not making her a slave. Jesus Christ, you look at him, he set the example, the bar for you and I. And what did he do? As the king of the universe, right? As the creator, as God, as holy, as just, as wonderful as he is, he came to live among mankind. To be born in a mansion? No he came and was born in a a barn place well you guys can relate to that right (laughs) we're in wisconsin everything's like barn out here but he came and he lived among us but he he didn't come in the way we thought he would come right he lived among there was there was all the animals around at his birth and it stunk do you guys know what happens with animals when they're there at night stinks right um and and uh but he lived among us he humbled himself became like us he went through the things that we go through. he can sympathize with us hebrew says and he's able to uh come along but he set that example for you and i right in serving us he washed our feet and said you know follow my my suit basically right follow along so um we're we're to teach her we're to be patient with her just as christ is is patient with us and he loves us right and and guess what's going to happen she's going to follow. Along as you're serving her, that's what true leadership is. True leaders are not like you go, you go first. Here you go, let's go, charge, right? The leaders out in the front and saying, Hey, I'll take the hit first. You guys follow my lead, let's go, right? That's a true leader. And so, same thing in your marriage relationship, husband. You serve your wife. You put her needs, her wants, her uh just you put her above your own, right? And, and that's, God's gonna bless you like crazy. So, secondly, being a submissive wife not only involves your husband, but secondly, it involves your conduct, right? Your bodily conduct. Notice in verse 1, it says that even if some do not obey the word, they, your husband, without a word, not that your words don't mean anything, but that he's going to hear you louder through your actions, he may be won by your conduct, right? The manner of life uh, uh, of the things you do, basically, right? Of their wives, when they observe, so when they see, right, not hear, not being nagged at and what not. Um your chaste conduct accompanied by fear and that's the important part i don't want to skip over that fear of the lord that personal quality time that you have with the lord when you're seeking the lord god's just doing amazing stuff don't keep it hidden don't keep your light you know hidden keep it loud when you pray pray to the lord out loud don't don't keep it like oh he's in the room i'm not gonna you know when you're reading pray aloud just read out loud talk to the lord be yourself because. That fear of the Lord that you have before God is like a magnifying glass to him. And if he's not a believer, or he is a believer, but he's just not following the word of God, you are putting up the magnifying glass in the fear that you have before the Lord. And he's being able, he's, talk about words can't express, right? Your actions are going to speak to him louder. And you're basically witnessing to your husband and bringing him, you're restoring him back in order right back in place and so um, this is an interesting verse by the way since oftentimes uh, to submitting to your husband is based on his obedience to the word of God right so uh, well if my husband would just love me like you know Christ loves the church then I would submit to him right no that's not how it works right that's conditional love Christ came to show us unconditional love. It's conditional love is you do this, and then then I'll do that, right? Well, if you do the dishes, then I'll go and do this. If you do that, then I'll... No, that's conditional. Don't bring that stuff in your marriage, right? Um, it that, that also could mean, you know, the Bible says in verse 1, if they don't obey the word, notice that could mean a couple of things. That could mean that they're not believers, um, and and you know they never truly surrender their entire heart over to Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. They never actually repented of their sins, knowing that Christ died and rose again on the uh, from the cross and the grave. Um, and and they they're not a, a believer, right? Um, or it could mean that they're believers, but they're just not loving you as as Christ is commanding us, right? As Christ loves the church. And so, but either way you take it, they're not obeying the word of God, right? So nonetheless, notice in verse. Verse 1, even if some do not obey the word, right? The, the word, that word, if, by the way, is in the first class condition. So since and indeed and in fact it is that your husband basically does not obey the word of God, right? So the point is you still need to submit to him, Okay. Why? Because that's how you're going to win him over. And, and you'll win him over by your conduct, right? By what you do, not by what you say necessarily, because guys, um, we have this, we have this thing where we just don't hear all of a sudden, right? She's like, you know, talking over here and you're like, right? And she's still talking and you're like, Hey, what are we doing tomorrow? And she's like, what? You aren't even listening to me. And you're like, Oh, I'm sorry, you're talking? (laughs) We, sometimes we have that in our heads, and we're just, I don't know, it's a guy thing. We just know how to turn things off, and I don't know why, but, um, so, uh, but the the point is, it's not saying that, women, you should zip it. It's saying, no, you talk, you right, you communicate, but at these times, that what's going to speak louder, and what God's going to be magnified and glorified through is your, your, your conduct, right? And, and, and that's the idea here. So, um, your conduct is more important. So Peter mentions two things in verse 2. Notice in verse 2, number one, your conduct should be chaste. And that word chaste means clean. It means pure. Um, whoa, how did I do that? Okay. It means clear. Uh, pure modest in other words you should be living a life that is pure that is holy that is set apart one that is consecrated before the Lord and because when he sees that pure chaste conduct that holiness within your life as you simply live your life to Jesus Christ right it's going to win him over by your conduct so not only by your pure conduct but secondly by Fear, the fear in your conduct, right? Notice there in verse 2. And that word fear means reverence, means respect, means awe, to be in awe of the Lord. That's your devotional time. That's your quality time with the Lord. That's your, guys, this is this is God we're talking about, right? He is the creator of the universe who has power over the souls of men to send them to an eternal hell destination for all of eternity, right? Where the the fire never burns out, where the worm never dies, torture, pain, etc. It's not partying and hanging out with your friends, right? And, and But he also has power to have grace on your life and send you to in his presence, right, where he dwells. And so it's a beautiful thing. But we fear the Lord, right? But in other words, wives, you are to respect your husbands. And you are to stand in all of him. You're to live your lives in light of purity, in modesty in that regard. So uh, number three, being a submissive wife, also involves your spirits in verses three and four. Um, notice in verse three it says, "Do not let your adornment be merely outward." He's not saying don't let it all, don't don't put on any of these things. He's encouraging it, but catch what he's saying here: uh, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Amen. Love that part, but so understand that Peter is not condemning your outward appearance, right? Um, and, and, and you know, making yourself pretty. There's nothing wrong with fixing up your hair, uh, wearing something nice, putting you know on makeup. You know, Jay Vernon McGee. What does he say? If the bar needs painting, paint it. Right? <laughs> uh, he said that, by the way. Right? Don't throw your bibles at me. Kind of agree with him, though. For some people, but I didn't say that. But I, I think, I think wives, you should look at, uh, you should look good for your husband, right? You should dress up for him, you know, be romantic and, and, uh, do things for him, but, um, but for his eyes only, by, be sensitive, right? Don't be out in the mall and be like, and you know, everybody's like, whoa, what are you wearing? This is for my husband, right? No, you, you be sensitive, right? Dress just for him and in his eyes only if you do that. But, uh, anyways, what, what, what's gonna happen in your life, um, is and and the, the, that's that's the stuff that's not going to win him over by the way that's the point right that's what i'm trying to get at you you're not going to cause him to obey the word of god just because you're gorgeously beautiful right just because you got that appearance where in the very beginning it probably worked right you're like batting your eyes and you're like can you go get me can you buy this for me and he's like anything yes oh right but but now that you're married it's it's you know beauty is fading but good cooking's lasting Right? Yay! So true. All right. Um, So anyway, sorry about that. But it's true. Hey, beauty is fading. All right? It's not always going to be there. So one day you're going to be at a point where you're going to be like, honey, can you? And he's going to be like, right? If you invested in the outward appearance... You're going to be in trouble. you got to invest in the inward part, right? In the inward person. And that's the beautiful part that should have attracted him. And you need to attract him by who you are inside. Not just the outward appearance, right? Which is good as well. Um, but you're going to win him over by the inward conduct of your life. And and not the outward necessarily. Um, but it's with your spirit. So Peter mentions two things about the spirit of the wife. Notice in verse 4, Again, he says, rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. And, and, and uh, so two things about the spirit of the wife. Number one, it is to be a gentle spirit, a gentle spirit. Notice in verse four, a gentle and quiet spirit. Uh, and that word gentle is meekness, right? So it's it's strength under constraints so you have the power to say things to do things but you choose to hold back on that right you, you choose not to push the attack mode right the big red button on the desk right <laughs> um, but it's it's humble right and that's the idea and then guys let me just do a little side note too if imagine if our marriages you were content in your marriage Right, And I think that's the big problem in in marriages is you're not content you're looking at them and you're looking at t v which is fake and fake, right it's not real but but you're like, "Oh, if only I knew right and and then boom there's the and then he's looking at you like, what right, what's going on?" Be content and, and, and be, and that's humility, right? You humble yourself and you understand that everything that has been given to you has been given to you by God, right? God is in complete control over everything. His hand that he's dealt you basically is a wonderful thing. He has a plan and a purpose for your life, and you just go with it. You trust in the Lord right with the person he's given you because that's the person he's given you, right um, anyways. Second, it's a quiet spirit, right? Notice there in verse four, a quiet spirit. And this does not mean you don't speak any words, right? Or you whisper all the time. Hey, honey. (laughs) No, quiet uh, means tranquility, means peace, peaceful, right? And, and wise, if you want to win your husbands over to Christ, or if you want him to, uh, to win him over to be obedient to the word of God, then your spirit should be one of humility, one of Peace, right? And 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 that's the idea here. It should bring a. a... When you guys have conversation together, right, uh, it should bring just that tranquility in your marriage and your conversation with each other, that calmness, that it's not harsh, it's not hard, right? It's not yelling and screaming and throwing things and like, wow, wow, what is there, right? By the way, yelling and screaming has never gotten anybody anywhere, okay? Just so we all know that. So next time he does something or you do something, whatever it is, um just take a, a side note and be like lord how could i glorify you right now right <laughs> do that and now you got your 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 biblical perspective on right your biblical lens and you're not going to retaliate in the flesh every come on guys we learn from our elementary kids right they they just boom ah right they yell at each other i see grown-ups doing that and they act like little kids they're just we learn the elementary things right so apply that in your marriage it's never worked it never will work and and if you want your marriage to go somewhere take a step back guys hey that's the idea and let's let's allow the lord to do work here you know it's not about uh living a life that is um, you know harsh and crazy it 's about living a life that is pure and that is a uh, soft and a uh, gentle uh, word. Proverbs fifteen one says a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger your words can tear down or they can build up. And in those times and your conversation starts to get heated, we all know when it's coming, right? All of a sudden there's that little flag in your head where it's like, uh-oh, right? I know where this is going. She just said or he just said and then all of a sudden it's like, you got you got an option now. Am I going to choose to be in the flesh or am I going to choose to, you know what, let's... Let's do something here. Let's make this constructive, and sometimes you need to back down and apologize and 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 get out of the way. I don't know you just you a uh, soft answer turns away wrath right uh number four, being submissive. A submissive wife not only involves your husband, your, your, your conduct and your spirit, but now it involves your example. Your example. Notice in verse five and six, it says, for in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. So, uh, and that's the idea here. Women who are you're you're holy. You're set apart, and that's what it's talking about. In the former times, currently, obviously, those who are born again, right? And adorning themselves not with the outward beauty. Like Sarah, she obviously she was outwardly she was beautiful, but inwardly she chose to be beautiful as well, and and that's a beautiful thing. Um, but it's all about the internal right actions here is what it's talking about, and. As a result of Sarah just trusting in the Lord, she didn't look to Abraham to trust in Abraham. She looked to the Lord in all things, right? And she wasn't afraid with any terror. You don't have to be afraid or terrified of the Lord or your husband if you're doing what is right, right? If you're doing what is good and you're following the will of the Lord. So why did Sarah submit to Abraham? Well, why did she obey him? Why did she call him Lord? Well, because she trusted in the Lord, right? And ladies, I don't have to tell you guys this, but your husband, he's going to make some pretty dumb decisions amen it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen right he'll do some dumb things where you just shake your head in disbelief and you're like seriously really what right um but your response during this time is crucial in 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 the marriage right you just say yes dear Right? Yes, dear. Or, okay, I'll do whatever you want to do, right? Or, I'm, I'm with you 100%, right? I'm, I'm here. I stand with you. And why? Because while you serve Jesus Christ, you trust in Jesus and not in your husband. You understand that your husband, he's the head role, right? Whether he's taking the head role or not. A lot of people I hear it, well, he doesn't take the head role, so I'll be the leader of the, the marriage. And that doesn't work that way. You're going against the will of God. You're in sin right? So you understand God will work all things together for his good and for his plan, and you're trusting in the Lord. You're looking to the Lord for all things. You're putting your faith and your trust in the Lord and not in your husband. Wives, you, you've got it made in this marriage relationship. Really, if you think about it, when you consider to the word of God, God has made your, the role of the wife so simple and so easy, right? You just sit there and you stand by his decisions, right? Yes, you support him. Yes, you give your, your wisdom, your counsel, but he's... He's, he's, he makes that decision. There's a, 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 no big, heavy burden or re, of responsibility on your shoulders. And you don't have to, you know, stress in the relationship at all, right? All the decision-making is placed upon uh, not on you, right? And so you have the burden lifted off of you. God has blessed you, right? Just say, yes, Lord, like Sarah did. I'm still waiting on my wife to say that, but yes. <laughs> yes, Lord. Wow! <Whoa! laughs> That'd be a shocker. She's amazing, by the way. She, okay, six years of marriage, um, I come from a background of growing up where we, we, the way we communicated with each other, it was just yelling and screaming, and here comes the shoe, right, or whoa, and that's, that's the way I was raised, where you yell about everything to get your point across, right, and you're like, ah, did you hear me? Yeah, I heard you, and, and I remember just praying and be like, Lord, I don't want my wife to ever yell at me and be like that. And praise the Lord, we've never yelled at each other in our marriage. God's blessed it. So far, so good. Yes, right? But um, when we come through conflict and, and stuff, we work it out. We talk about it. We don't want to, but we know that... Uh, if we want the Lord to be glorified and magnified in our hearts we don't want to be hypocrites right we're in the morning we're reading the word we're praying God is so good all of a sudden there's something dumb that happens throughout the day right you're really going to make that uh, just a priority in your life no right you're going to bring it to the Lord and so God is so good um, it's it's a blessing so uh, I forgot where I was but yeah um wives, when you begin to trust in the Lord, all other things really just kind of fade away. They don't become priority anymore in your life. They don't matter. We get the focus on the temporal, right? The house, the car, the, the schooling, whatever it may be. And, and, and all of a sudden, since your focus are on these things, um, now comes the conflict, right? Now the fighting comes from your relationship because you're prioritizing these things above your husband. And, and, uh, That's important not to do that, right? But when you trust in the Lord, looking to the eternal, you realize, you know, the things we have, the material things—they're they're just they're temporal. They're not always here, right? And and it's easy now to say, Lord, I I trust you. I trust in you. You know what? He's making the wrong decision right now, and I know it, right? But I'm going to stand behind him because I just want to be in your will right now. And guess what you're doing? You're winning him over by your conduct because he's like, wait, you're, there's, you sure? There's nothing wrong? You're, you're not going to fight? You're not going to yell at me? Right? And you're like, no, yes, dear. Let's do it. I'm, I'm with you, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's now looking at you. Now he's observing. Do you get the idea? And he's using his eyes. He's not using his ears anymore because he's never did. Right? But you're gonna win him over by his eyes. And so, yeah, you'll you'll you pray for your husband, Lord. You know, empower him. Uh, give him the strength that he needs, the grace that he needs, um, everything that he might lead and guide me to in your will, right? And and, and God will, God will hear. And and wives, listen. You need to stay step back, right? Allow your husband to be the headship, right, of your marriage relationship. Allow him to take that role. Give him opportunities to teach you the Word of God, right? Ask him questions and let him talk about it, even though in your head you're like, that's totally out of context. (laughs) I don't know, he he might call us right from the church, and we'll, we'll give him the instructions. and Then he can contact you later and be like, "Hey, so that question again? I want to show you this, and he'll go over it with you." You know, it's a beautiful thing. But give him opportunity because when you allow him to take that opportunity, all of a sudden he's gonna he's gonna rise to the occasion, and he'll take on that lead position. So. Let's come to the second person in the marriage. You guys done? Wives, you're like, oh, come on, already. Get to the husbands. Let's get to the husbands. In verse 7, so not only uh, for the wives to submit in the marriage role, but the husbands also submit to the wife in the marriage role, right? So uh, look at verse 7. Uh, likewise, so just like he said, likewise, the the wives in verse 1, same thing in verse 7 for the husbands. So the husband is to submit to the wife, but not the same sense as the wife, right? The whole context is speaking about submission, but the husband is not to submit to the wife as it pertains to her authority or her uh, headship uh, role in the marriage because that would be reversing uh, the roles here, right? Ephesians 5.21 says, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. There it is again, your personal relationship with the Lord, that's what's doing some impact there. That's what's allowing you to submit to one another. So how does the husband submit to his wife? Well, he submits to her by understanding her, right? What, what's her desires? What's her wants? What's her needs, what bothers her, what's her trials, what does she want to be when she grew up? What does she want to do in life? What what legacy does she want to leave behind? Do you know your wife? I talk to people and they've been with each other for 40, 50 years and they still don't know each other. They're like, man, I haven't I don't remember the last time I I went on a a date night with my husband or it's like wait what? Right? (laughs) Guys, what are we doing? You don't just live with them around them, you dwell with them. you're together with them. You're a team together. You get to know them. You ask them inner questions that really stir them up. Hey, what's what's something that's uh, well? Uh, what's your strengths? What's your weaknesses, husbands? We ought to know these things. What, what we're guys, and so what's the the natural mindset? We don't care, right? We're just like uh. it's a work. Yes, but you, it's a work that's profitable, right? You're gonna be blessed when you choose to walk in this way. So. The husband is to place her above himself. Read Philippians, right? That's the idea. Clearly, we're to dwell with her with understanding. And it's a personal and practical submission uh, to her that we are to live or to give her. So if we're submitting to her, it's gonna involve three things according to our text here. Number one, it should involve understanding. Notice there in verse 1, husbands likewise, so just like you submit to the authorities, just like you submit to the government, right, just like you submit to the masters, and just as the wife submits to the husband, so too the husband is to submit to the wife. And understanding, this word is used 244 times in the New Testament. It's the gnosko, right? The It means to know, to perceive, to know by experience. Right? We would say to be aware of her presence. And husbands are to be aware of how her uh, your wife feels, right? We need to know by experience and understand, you know, what is she going through? You know, what is her feelings? What is her desires? What is uh her wants and her will? What is the what's what moves her, right? Get to understand her. Get to know her. Guys, go on a date night. Make that your your get your calendars out right now and set up that date Date night, right? Go somewhere where it's nobody else is with you. You guys get the eye-to-eye contact. In for right, you're talking to each other, communicating, and and you guys just ask each other questions. Go over it again. It's like Revelation two, right? Go back and do those things when you guys were fired up and in love with each other, and that passion was there, right? Go back and do those things again. How come we not do it? Go skating. Go do what was it? Go do it again, right? So uh, same thing, um, but. I'm getting too excited here. I got to slow down. We need to we need to submit to her, right? And 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 uh really put her will above your will, right? And I know it's really hard for us as the men cuz we're like, "No, it's my will, right? Be done." Right? But but according to Philippians, Christ came and he taught us a whole different mindset here. So the husband is to submit to his wife biblically is by understanding her. And secondly, it involves un, um honor. Notice there at the middle of verse 7, it says giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. So we are to honor our wives. Why? Well, because she's the weaker vessel. And honor, mentioned 43 times in the New Testament, it means something that is very precious, right? Something that is very valuable, something that has a very expensive price tag on it. Uh, I, I love it at Walmart, I used to go, and the little price checker things, I'd grab my wife's hand, and I'd go, Ting! priceless. Yeah! Right? You're priceless. Yeah. And she's, oh. Right? It's uh, And it's true. She is priceless. There's value. I love my wife. Because I love my wife, when conflict arises, it's easy for me to bring her and restore her and myself back in line with the word of God. Why? Because there's worth that I see. Right? And there's some marriages, there's no worth. Right? And they're like, this is not worth it. What does that do? That does damage to her heart. Why? Because the wife is to be loved and she is to be honored. Biblically, you're not following the word of God when you choose to be in conflict and say words that hurt. Remember, your words could tear down or they can build up. You can be constructive in your marriage relationship. So that's why, you know, when you say, you know, it's not worth it and she gets all mad and she breaks up or breaks apart, that's why. Right? You're, you're not bringing honor to her in those times. In those times, it's vital to take a stand and rise up to the occasion right, and bring her to Christ. So we're to be placing great value on our wives. Value what moves her. Value uh, what they care about. Understand who she is. And, and she's, she's a weaker vassal. What does that even mean, by the way? right? Obviously, we men are made stronger physically, and, and it's the man's job to be strong. I know uh, when there, we live in an old house, right? It's over 103,000 years old. It's it's old. And there's all kinds of crazy noises. There's like doors closing and stuff. And my wife's like, "What is it?" I'm a little tempted to be like, you go check, <laughs> But I gotta be the man, right? I got it. I'm, I'm going. I'm gonna go check, right? We gotta show her that we're there to protect that, her, right? So, um, she's the weaker vessel. Protect her. Bring her to a place of honor, right? Let her know that she, how precious that she really is. And, and, uh, the weaker vessel by the way could have i don't know i think a different meaning physically i've seen women that are definitely not the weaker vessel right you're like oh sorry right they can crush you <laughs> but but i've also seen uh it, it could mean spiritual as well so uh, our wives should be held in a place of honor precious priceless um uh, uh irreplaceable because they've they have a gentle and a sweet spirit about them i noticed that about my wife she i could just be soul here and and she's got way more wisdom than I do, uh, uh, way more, right? She says something and I'm like, wow, you're amazing, right? There, there's just that sweet spirit about them where they they hear, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, it's kind of weird, but um, they're just more sensitive to the spiritual things, I guess you can say. But there's there's a meekness to them, there's a tranquility, there's a peace about them, right, uh, that they have in their life. So according to the end of verse 7, Peter says both of us are Heirs together in the grace of life, right? So we are a team. We're working together, right? And not slandering each other, but we're building each other up. That was my downfall early on in our marriage, where I'd be with my buddies or my brothers, and I'd be like, Yeah, my wife, and and then I'd say something, and it's it's not necessarily lifting her up so it's like right here and it's not way down here so I'm not like saying anything bad in my mind but I still was slandering her that I didn't realize and she was like baby I really don't like it when you say that stuff in public and I'm like (gasps) right I've had to learn a lot of things in my marriage and and it's true we got to build each other up we can't be tearing each other down so when you're around your buddies lift up your wife around them it's a good thing so weaker vessel right so um According to the end of verse 7, heirs of life, and, and also number three, it involves prayers, right? Verse 7. Look at the end of verse 7. It says that your prayers may not be hindered. And this is the reason why we should submit to our wives, husbands, right? Placing her above ourselves, making her precious, making her honorable. And why do we dwell with them with understanding? Well, why are we uh, aware of how they're feeling? Well, it's 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 so our prayers would be answered right guys if you guys feel like your prayers are just not being answered um i may i suggest uh, that you submit to your wife so that you get to know her that you understand her that you dwell with her that you under you know see what she's going through and you put her needs above your needs and you place her above yourself are you dwelling with them with understanding are you aware of how she's feeling what is she going through right and so are you honoring her is she priceless is is she um irreplaceable, right? In your mind, is there like, oh, there's other people. No, it's it's, who is she, right? And uh, are you honoring her? So um, I think the coolest thing, um, I'm not really a football guy. Sorry, guys. I like watching football, but not that much, right? But um, it was cool because the football game was on. My wife's like, let's put something on. I was like, yes, it's on. And uh, and, uh, I just barely started watching. And then she's all, you know, I really want to talk to you. And I was like, Boom! Turn it off, and you give her full attention. And I noticed her face expression, and like you know, and I was like, you just stop. Those little things make a big deal in her life. Why? Because you're placing football above. Your wife or you're placing it below your wife, right? You're prioritizing in your marriage and you're not allowing your house, your car, your job to be above who your wife is. You're placing her above all of these other things. Those are all just things that God will provide nonetheless, right? But your wife, she's only there, this this life is only one life that we live, right? She's there and what if she's gone? Guys, we take things for granted and we shouldn't, right? If she's gone that you wake up in the morning... There's a lot of things that are going to be different in life, and it's a sad, sad thing. I have a lot of people that have come up to me and say, you know, cherish, they're squeezing my hand, right, and they don't let go, and you're like, ah, right, cherish your wife, right, don't you ever let her go, and you be good, and you honor her, and it's like, yes, yes, sir, (laughs) but they come from a background, they have a past, right, and they know what they're talking about, and so I would listen up, but men, um, your, your prayers could be hindered for years, and that's a sad thing. We're the head of the household, we're the leaders of the home, and it's up to us to take that lead. Wives, uh, you play a major role in that. You can hinder uh, that leadership role, or you can encourage that leadership role uh, in him, right? There's no such thing as a leader without a follower, Amen. Right? So you play a super important role. He can't lead unless you're following. So let go. Right? Back off. 1 Corinthians 11.7 says, But woman is the glory of man. So the glory of man is woman. Right? So men, your wife is a direct reflection of you. When you speak bad about her, you're speaking bad about yourself. And and so whatever your attitude is and your character toward God is, uh, will be the same character and attitude that she'll have toward you. Right? So you uh, be real with her in your walk with the Lord as well. Are you in full submission, you know, to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you putting him first? Is he the head? Is he the lead of your life? Is he, uh, that if he is, then your wife is going to follow naturally, right? But if she sees that you're, all of this other stuff is priority above your life and God's somewhere down here, right? Where you're like, oh, I just pick up my Bible when I go to church, <laughs> right? Uh, she's going to see that and she's going to treat you the same way you treat the Lord. Lord. So cherish your walk with the Lord, and she's gonna see that and observe that 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 conduct that you have. Um, so Wives, you can't, you can't blame your husband for your responsibility either, right? You can't say, well, if my husband would submit to, uh, I'm not going to submit to him because he's not you know, submitting to, uh, he doesn't love me like Christ loves the church or whatever it may be, right? Whatever question. That's not how it works, right? Remember, that's conditional love. Well, if he does this, then I'll do that. No, it's unconditional. Guys, the same is true for you and I. Well, I would love her more if she would just submit to me. No, that's not how it works. Our obligation is to the word of God and are based on not her performance, but based on the performance of the Lord, right? And so we look to the Lord, we don't look to the performance of our spouse, right? That's not where our obedience lies. And and we're responsible unto the Lord as the husband over the wife. Christ loved his love is uh, unconditional it's not conditional, so we look to Christ Jesus for everything. we depend on him for everything, and we're receiving from him to fulfill us, to sustain us, to hold us together, right and not our spouse. The moment you look to your spouse, amen, do we all understand this right? We all do. We look to our spouse and and what happens <whistles> right? Everything crashes and falls apart. But when you trust in the Lord, he could be the the craziest wackadoo in the world, right? And yet you're still walking around with a smile what right <laughs> what is that because you love Christ and you're serving Christ you're not you're serving him but you're serving Christ in him right and you're you're loving him to 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 heaven right <laughs> that's the idea so uh let's come and let's conclude with the second and final section peter encourages us in two ways so submission in marriage and a second to submit to one another in verses 8 to 12 and look at verse 8 finally all of you be of one mind one mind right here it's it's the the only time used here in the new testament it's a compound word humo meaning uh same place or together or one and then fron speaks of the diaphragm of the the heart that basically that part of the heart that beats right and and the thought it here is if our hearts are beating together as one one heart one mind one thought then we, in fact, will be submitting to one another. We'll have the same mind as it pertains to uh, submitting to the Spirit, submitting to the authority, submitting to the government, submitting to the, the wife, to the husband, the husband, to the wife, right? And finally, all of you be of one mind, be of the same, the same heartbeat with one another and putting their needs above your own. Philippians 2.4 says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interest." but also for the interest of others. Let this, this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So if indeed we're submitting to one another, like it says in Ephesians 5.21, 20, submitting to one another in what? The fear of the Lord, right? Making your relationship with Christ evident and and magnified in your relationship then i think that it will result in five things if we're submitting to one another it should number one result in compassion right compassion for one another according to verse eight notice it says having compassion for one another this word compassion, uh, like the other words, kind of the, the only time used in the New Testament, and it's found here. And it carries the idea of sympathy. We're gonna be sympathetic toward others, right? We're gonna say, brother, I feel your pain, right? It's the idea. We're gonna have the heart that is broken for others. And and uh and it's true. When you guys, you know, come to me and you guys are talking about certain things that have happened or you've gone through health issues, I feel it, man. I don't know. You guys feel it too, right? You're, or if it's something that they're, you're in tears and you're like, Oh, I don't know. I am in tears. I feel you, man. Or they're like, I got cut right here. And you're like, Ow. <laughs> I'm just, uh It's just the way we are, right? But, uh, first Corinthians 12, 26, it says, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So secondly, it should result in love for one another as well. Notice there in verse 8, is, it says love as brothers. And this word love, by the way, is not the Philadelphia love. It is very similar, but it's Philadelphios, right? It's a different word. It's loving someone as a brother. And it's very close to the brotherly love of um, uh, outlined for us in Hebrews 11, verse 1. So uh, number three... It will result in being tender-hearted toward one another. Tender-hearted toward one another. This is the only time used in the New Testament, this word, and it carries the idea of being moved to your inner parts. And and we're, we're so moved, we're so affected by what someone else is going through that we actually feel their pain. And and uh, that's very, that's awesome. Fourth thing, it will result in being courteous to one another. Notice uh, this word, be courteous, right? So it's the only time used in the New Testament. It means to have a friendly mind toward others. And not to think of them as an enemy, but in your mind, they're your friends. That's the idea right here. So we are to submit to one another if... Uh, It not only uh, should result in compassion and love and tenderheartedness toward them and courteous toward them, but number five, it also should be uh, resulting in blessing one another in verse 9. Notice in verse 9 it says, Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. You are called. You're married. She's the one. That's it right you're called to this uh in uh Jesus says in Matthew 5:44 he said but i say to you love your enemies and bless those who curse you right we, that's something only god could do in us and it's pretty amazing now, let's conclude with this uh Uh, I think it's Psalm 34 that uh, Peter quotes from. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Guys, this is a work, right? We got to seek after it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, those who are set apart in Christ Jesus, who are consecrated in him, right? And his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And that is a scary, scary place to be in, right? The point is simple. If we're submitting, if we're not submitting to one another, if we're not exhibiting these character traits toward one another, then the Lord's face is against us, That's a scary place to be in, Christian. Right? Or for you, churchgoers. What are you doing in your marriage relationship? Really can hinder the ministry that you're in. You're not in ministry. You're you're playing you're playing a role, right? Because Christ is not in it. He's not even hearing your prayers. He doesn't hear what's going on. So if we're living a life that is surrendered and submissive to Christ, then there will be a blessing. There will be peace in your life. God's going to hear your prayer. He's going to do a mighty work in you. Amen? So I encourage you guys, uh, those of you who are married, who are going to be married, or want to be married, whatever it is, you know the outline, the guideline right here uh, in the Word of God. And I pray that you would uh, just be blessed, that our church would just be... Man, this, this place would be a light to all of Appleton, to all of Wisconsin, right? And they would know us by our, our love for one another. And speaking in our marriage relationship as well, they'll see how your marriage is, and they want to be just like you, right? Make it so tempting and so just like, you know, where they're like, I want to be married, right? Don't let people look at you and be like, oh no, I don't want to be married, right? Let it be a blessing to see. And it, it really is a blessing when you follow the word of God. So, Uh, Let's stand and let's pray, guys. Lord thank you so much for your word and uh I know that there's so much correction here and so much uh things to consider and and uh, a lot of questions and a lot of uh heart attacks that probably happened but <laughs> I pray that you would uh that you would encourage our hearts with your word Lord and sometimes your word is like a sword and comes in but you want to do uh, uh you want to do a restoration within our hearts and so I pray that you would get those things out of our lives out of our hearts those attitudes that we've had ever since we were a little kid in elementary school that we wouldn't bring that into our marriage that we would remove those things that you Lord would just grant us the grace that we need the strength that we need uh, to serve one another to be a blessing to one another to submit to one another i pray uh, for the husbands here uh, to take on that lead role, Lord, to follow you with all of their hearts, that they would be surrendered to you, and that the wives, Lord, would follow suit, that they would follow behind and choose you, Lord, in all things. Thank you, Lord, that you are the restorer of all things. What the locusts have done and chewed up and ate away, Lord, you're able to restore. You're able to bring healing, and I ask, Lord, that you would uh, do just that. That your Holy Spirit would uh, be upon us, lead us, guide us, protect us, watch. Watch over our marriages, and I pray that you would keep the enemy away, uh, Lord, away. And just thank you so much, Lord, that you're in control. In Jesus' name, amen.